As you walk through the valley of the shadow of hell, you will see through the fog a bend in reality. A veil that is beyond your own comprehension. It's the other side. Beyond the void. Welcome back to Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. That's right. It's episode 356. And today, my friends, we're journeying into a long, frustrating, happy, horrific, wonderful, kind of meh, but also kind of ah, <laughs> episode of our top 20 horror films of 2023. Thank you for choosing BTV. We hope that your journey into the future of films and horror will be a most pleasant one. Now clear your minds and enjoy the sweet, subtle, mellow sounds of BTV. Yeah! It's been a long time coming, baby. Literally all year long. I have been writing these down. And I gotta say, it didn't start off great, Christina, so... Nope. It did. Uh, it took its time. This year was one of the slowest. Yeah. And I was like a little worried about this year. And it did. Yeah, we got some good. We got some bad. We got some meh. We got some meh. Whatever. But we're going to talk about all of it. And, you know, I'll kind of give you an idea of how I base my scoring and things like that. Some of these will be in order. Some of them will not be because there's some that are just so close. It's like, I don't know how you pick, you know? Right. So it's just one of those things. But. Christina, I'm glad we're back. It's been a while. It has been. It's I've been missed weeks. it. Oh, have you? Really? I really have missed it. Oh, that's good. I've missed talking because all I've done is watch. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like I don't even get to talk about it. So right. finally. Yeah, you get to talk about it all. And right. You can start all over again, you know, for the new year. That's right. Can't wait. <laughs> I'm going to be doing something a little different this year, though, guys. I'm going to actually be doing the top 10 on the YouTube channel, even if you've listened to this first, please give that video a lot of love because I'm really trying to fucking boost the algorithms this year and really push us into, I, I, I think that our channel can have at least 10 K followers and subscribers on the podcast for the YouTube uh-huh. seems to be, that's where we get the most. I understand podcasts aren't for everyone. So I never really get that upset, but I consider you guys here who listen on the podcast to be fucking legends. And I'm not saying that I don't feel that way about my YouTuber friends and family there. It's just a different crowd. I love all of you evenly, and I I appreciate you. But the podcast is a very special thing for me because it's like un, it's like not, we don't write scripts. We don't do anything. We just get to have fun and just talk, you know? And I don't write scripts on YouTube either, but. Right, right. (laughs) But it's more of a, you know, a forum to talk. Uh huh. And I get to spend time with you, which we never get to see each other. 
Um, I think we've passed each other in the hallway a couple of times, sat on the couch, and I fell asleep. Yeah, that's, she... that's pretty much when we see each other. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's been a long time, guys. I missed you so much. I'm so thankful that you guys are here listening. And if you're supporting this episode, please, for the love of God, literally shake every fucking tree to let them know that this episode exists because I really want it to be one of our biggest episodes of the year. You know, it should be technically because there's so much work put into this one. Right. But. If you can help us out by letting somebody, letting three people know that this podcast exists and posting it elsewhere, you know, it would help us out a great deal. If not, thank you for listening anyway. We don't mind. Exactly. But yeah. So how are you? What's going on with you, Christina? We had a good Christmas holiday time. Yeah. I hope you guys had a great holiday season, whatever you celebrate. If it was Christmas, great. If it was Hanukkah, happy Hanukkah. We got a lot of stuff. Oh my God, dude. There is, this is probably, I'm not going to, I'm not lying here. This has probably been the biggest Christmas that I've ever had in my entire life. Like, right. ever. Right. Um, Not the best New Year's by far. Probably like the least. Yeah, that was, New Year's is pretty bad for I us. sat on the couch and uh, forgot that it existed because Christina was already asleep and I was just watching movies and then I heard the fireworks go off and I went, oh yeah. And I walked out front <laughs> for about two seconds and it was too cold. And I was in my underwear. <laughs> and I was like, oh, look at all the fireworks. There was a lot of fireworks this year outside. Was there? It was all over the fucking sky. Like uh, the 2020, 2021? Very much, yeah. Yeah, that was That, that was, was the one where crazy. everybody was like, like, we're finally out of We're this. free. <laughs> <laughs> to do what I want any old time. Uh, that was at the end of one of the movies I watched recently. I can't remember what it is. Oh, uh, Renfield. The end oh. of that, they play that song. Uh-huh. Was that on the list? Uh, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Oh. I rewatched a lot of movies here this year, guys. So, But I've been kind of like, there's been a lot going on behind the scenes. I have not been putting up videos on YouTube for many reasons. One, I'm just pounding so many movies, I just didn't have the energy. It's just It was just too much. And it's frustrating because I'm the type of person that likes to overachieve a little bit. And so when I can't, I get really hard on myself. So that's also counteracting, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Christina feels the brunt of that sometimes because I get frustrated. A lot of it. We got some big thanks, though, for the holidays, though. You know, first of all, thank you guys for a wonderful year on the podcast. We really appreciate you guys for listening. And and even further, those who went even further, whether you supplied a you know, just a thank you or a nice message, you know, thank you for that. Or, you know, if you donated to the podcast, we never really ask for anything, but we do put it up just in case somebody wants to help out. Uh, we want to give a shout out to, to Alan Kentation, who uh, donated to the podcast here recently. He uh, he said, go buy yourself some 99. We got some 99. Yeah, we, we, we got a little fucking surprise for you, Alan. So thank you so much. Uh, if you haven't, Alan's a very talented musician, artist. He just comes up with a lot of really great ideas. Um, I think he's underappreciated, and it's just one of those things, you know, like he just likes to do it. And uh, I, I really appreciate you, brother. So thank you for supporting us and, and surprising us with that. You know, we had other people who also donated a lot of movies this past year. So thank you for all of you. You know, I, I, like I'm trying to think of every single fucking name. Random Viewer, Ryan. Plemke, uh, God, there's so many, I can't even think. And then probably one of the nicest things I think anybody's ever done for me in my entire life, and like that's why I say it's like the biggest Christmas I've ever had, mm-hmm. <laughs> is because like I someone just wanted to just help and just be there for 
It just they saw something in what we did and what I did on the YouTube in particular. Right. And was like, hey, you know what? I, I want to just, you know, make your day or something. I don't know what it was. But Resolution 67, I know you don't like me thanking you. It's in my nature. I can't not thank somebody for what you've done. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you're not looking for any compliments or anything like that, but I really do appreciate you. So thank you for everything. He practically uh, one-upped our fucking collection with some of the best stuff that you will some great stuff like literal like hard finds like rarities like stuff that's so rare i was like should i open this like you know <laughs> like and i kind of you know i'm a kid in a candy store so i was like crazy about it but i'm gonna have a video on that it's gonna be a little bit different format than i normally do where i'm sitting at my desk going through all the movies and stuff like that i'm gonna basically have the handheld camera with me and i'm gonna show you my new shelf Maybe give you a peek at the studio a little bit once I clean it up. <laughs> but yeah, and we'll go through some of the stuff that he got us. So just big thanks to everyone there. I know this is long winded, but that's who I am. And that's what podcasts are. So if you don't like that, then you probably aren't listening because you don't like podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> so too bad. Too fucking bad. Anyway, we do have some uh, some pretty big things to do this year. We got a lot of TV shows and stuff in part of that collection that Resolution gave us. We fixed up the studio, so I'm going to be doing a studio tour at some point here in the next couple months or so. I really want to, I'm being very specific about it. Like, mm -hmm. like, I want it to be exactly where I want it to be. And there's a few things that I need to get, you know, but um, so we're going to do a room tour. We're going to do the collection uh tour for the newest stuff like i have like an intake system where i do this we've redesigned the entire studio it's way more comfortable we've got more room we've got better stuff in here to make a better podcast for you guys so uh what else are we gonna do we got some franchises that were oh the tv stuff that we're gonna do we're gonna um we have like a wheel of horror that we have been spinning for many years and uh it's just a stupid little like trick-or-treat fucking it's a, Hall it's a halloween like <laughs> thing you push the button and it spins look out behind you yeah <laughs> so we hit that button it's been going this has been with us for a long time we used to use it a lot more um, we're bringing it back today for Horror Shots, and we're going to be bringing it back for the TV show because we have so many different episodic TV shows where they're not necessarily a, a long story overarching an entire season. For those ones that have those like short stories that are in them, we're going to do a spin on the fucking Wheel of Horror and then do uh, episodes or YouTube videos, maybe, you know, something that Christina might jump in with me to do. We might, we might do it as a bonus episode for like, um, like one a month, once a month or something like that, you know, or we just throw it up as a bonus episode for you guys just mm -hmm. for fun. Uh, we got some guests that are going to be coming on. I've got some live streams that I'm planning to do with other people. So, and I just like to jump on theirs because I don't have to worry about shit. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully you guys can come over and hang out and have some fun uh, talking about horror and stuff like that. A lot of shout out to a lot of like horror podcasts and stuff that I like and talk to behind the scenes and stuff like that. So be on the lookout for that. And what else? We got a franchise, a couple franchises we're going to do this year. Yeah. Where are we going to do like Final Destination? We're definitely doing Final Destination because of the newer movie. Coming the newer out. movies coming out this year. I'm pretty sure it's this year. I don't know when, so we may do that early. And then Friday, or excuse me, and then we're going to do A Nightmare on Elm Street, I think. 
Right. That's one that I've been wanting. For years you've been talking about. It really is. It's one of my favorite franchises. I Part of me doesn't want to do it because I'm afraid that I'll never be able to talk about it again. But I haven't talked about it for five fucking years anyway. So Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I think the last time I watched it was at the beginning of the start of this podcast. Mm -hmm. So is that... Is that an okay franchise for you? Or yeah, I'm fine with that. It's both of a, those? Or? Yeah, definitely. She's a she's much more of a Final Destination fan, I think. Yeah, I am. Than Freddy? Yeah. What's your favorite franchise? I never uh, asked you. That's a good question. I have no idea. Hostel. <laughs> it's like no, two movies. No, no I only like... Movies. No, I only like Hostel 2. I don't like the either... I don't like the other ones. Okay. Fuck those other, other ones. <laughs> um, You're probably Paranormal Activity, huh? I do like Paranormal Activity. I really like Paranormal Activity. She's so I like the, different than me. I like The Purge. I do like those movies. Yeah, I think trash. they're fun. They're fun trash. You yeah, know? it is trashy fun. You know, it's, yeah. Trashy it's not exactly fun. horror, but it, you know, it, it, I think it like it, bleed, it bleeds Shut into up. reality a little too hard for some people. Whatever. And it did get a little too hokey in the last movie that they did. So I don't know. I don't what about know what Saul? Never, do you like I'm, Saul? Or? I like Saul, but it kind of, you know. I feel like Saul's like one many. of those. There's you too would, many. Yeah, there is a lot. There's too many. And I heard that last one was really, really good, too. I know. It makes me want to go back. And we never even saw Spiral. We didn't. And we, didn't we buy it? No. Oh, oh. We didn't get Spiral. We got the one before it, Jigsaw. Oh, we got Jigsaw, which I still haven't watched. But we yet. didn't see Spiral. <laughs> we didn't, see we didn't watch Jigsaw. We didn't watch Sp- <laughs> Spiral. And we haven't seen the 10 one. But we own all of them except for the newest one. Right. Well, the last two. The last so. two, which is funny, I think, too. Yeah. And we need to get to that just in the background, just for our sake, you know. Right. But we got a lot of stuff planned. When I show you the video, you guys will see a lot of it. I know I'm long-winded here. You're like, just fucking get into it. Just remember, we always have timestamps down below, so you can always skip ahead. But uh, we appreciate you nonetheless. So I think it might be that time. Yes. What time is it? Horror Shots! Okay, guys, so we decided to do a shot for our good friend, Alan, uh, because he did donate the shots to us, and we weren't going to try to make some weird, stupid drink with it, because there's no hiding. Alan knows. He clearly knows that all we make are just 99 banana drinks, or one of the types, because they have like 20 different flavors or whatever. I don't even think we have bananas in this. If, By the way, if any of you have a contact to 99 bananas, Christina says that there's no way that they no, do any promotion. Whatever. I think we no. can get it. I'm, I'm a so. persistent motherfucker, and I think I could get it. And, and, and maybe they'll send us like like some some interesting stuff or some new stuff that they're planning on sending out you know things like that because you know you never know okay anyway so what we have done here is this is clearly not based on a movie because we're not doing one movie this this episode we're doing 20 we have six flavors no we have eight flavors Oh, i'm sorry we have eight different flavors yes we have eight flavors and on top of them i have a picture of it i'll put it in the um the, the description uh, description in the notes and stuff uh, on our website, not not the actual episode, because can't put pictures up on that. <laughs> but they're numbered one through eight. And we got the wheel of horror that we'll actually do uh, right now. So it will choose the shot. Yeah, it's going to we... pick the flavor. And then Christina or I, whoever spin it, have to slam it 
and we don't get to chase it until we're done the bottle. And for those of you know, the 99 brand is named after the 99 proof that they have for the uh, percentage of alcohol in there. There's 49.5 to 50% alcohol by volume. It's pretty much, I think they're all 49.5, but they're really strong, very flavorful. Um, They're kind of disgusting. It's like taking a shot of grain. Right. Truly. So do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I'll go first. Spin that wheel. Are you going to slam it? You can't drink anything. I don't know. We'll see. Remember, we practiced. I know. <laughs> we practiced talking about it. <laughs> spin that wheel. We had a big debate on whether or not, like, why she, like, puts alcohol to her lips first. Okay. To I'm not going to tell you which one it is. Remember on the skull. On the skull. Okay. Yeah. We already had that one. Number what? six, six, six. On the crucifix. <laughs> so you got peaches. She's got one of the best ones. So she got it easy. Okay, good. Hold on. Peaches. Millions of peaches. And peaches for me. Actually, only 99 peaches for me. <laughs> you want me to do it? Okay. Darcy blows. Do you want to spin mine and then we'll do it at the same time? Or do you want to do it? Yeah, you got to speak into the mic. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> okay, so let's see what I got. But I'm going to spin it again. Okay. Dude, what the fuck is this broken? I'm spinning it again. That's not how we do things around here. We got the Wheel of Horror for a reason. You will make a wise choice. There you go. You made the choice for me, buddy. So What'd you get? Seven. Which is? I can't see the top. I think it's this one. Oh. oh did you get espresso? Root beer. Oh, I want root beer. That's too bad. Oh, <laughs> I wanted root beer. I should have went She's second. got peaches. I got root beer. And we got cans of uh, ginger lime water. <laughs> And watermelon uh, spritzer, whatever the fuck it is. It, like, separated the rim from the fucking thing, so. Okay, okay. ready? I'm ready. Okay, one, two, three. <laughs> you want the trash can? <laughs> I didn't taste it at all. I barely tasted it. You better finish that. No, I mean, that's the biggest shot I'm I've not seen her doing, take. I'm not doing that again. It's disgusting. To be honest, that's the biggest shot she's ever taken because these these will hold more than one shot. Right. So let's go. Okay. We got it. Okay. But I, I just I'm want you die. to know, for I'm the dying. record, I drank all of mine. No, you didn't. There's a little bit in there. Oh, my God. Really? There's, yeah. It's not even a swallow. <laughs> she's just feeling guilty because she didn't finish hers. Shut up. <laughs> she, uh, she's like ready to puke gross. i'm proud of you though I, I am proud of you i will say all right guys so if you would like to take a shot well all you gotta do is just find one i guess because you don't need to go to the website or anything <laughs> to figure it out but that's it for horror shots all right guys so we are one gummy deep and about one shot of 99 deep and we're about to get into our top 20 Horror movies of 2023. This is not a test. 
do not attempt to adjust your radio. You are about to listen to the top 20 horror movies of 2023. Prepare to get your mind pussies blown out. Now. Every one of these movies is very different from one another, so... You know, it's just going to be some honorable mentions. And I want to be very clear with you guys. Here's my thoughts on on reviewing movies. My opinion doesn't really matter. I've always felt that way. It's nice when people agree with my opinion. I like when people think I'm fair more than I do that I'm right. (laughs) Okay. Like, I, I think the better compliment is saying, hey, that was really fair of you to say about the movie. It wasn't that bad. A lot of people are overreacting cetera like that. You know, I try to be as fair as possible, but in the end of the day, there's never going to be another human being on this planet that will have the exact same list or vibe or feelings or emotions towards a film like you will. My job is to simply find you movies that maybe you've never heard of. And I dig pretty deep this year and watch a lot of really fucking terrible films, by the way, on my own. I didn't review everything So some of these are not, you know, reviewed on our podcast or on our YouTube, but just know if you have some of these that are on your list or not on your list, it is not to say that they are not good movies because pretty much everything on this list is in around the eight category or, you know, seven to eight category on up. Mm -hmm. There was no tens this year for me, none. So this was kind of a weak sauce year for me a little bit. I usually have one that kind of blows me out of the water, uh, but I still think we had a decent year. It could have been a lot worse. It could have been worse. But yeah, just keep that in mind. Everybody has their own opinions about everything. I just want to help you guys find new movies that you've never heard of and maybe reminisce about ones that you liked. Okay, that's my goal. Let's kick this motherfucker off with honorable mentions. These are honorable mentions. We, of course, still love you. So for honorable mentions, I want to uh, start off with one of the first movies of the year that really kind of made an impact on Christina and I. I don't feel that it's horror, and so I didn't put it in my horror category. And I also didn't put Godzilla in that category either, unfortunately, because for me, it's a a different film. So Godzilla is the honorable mention? Yes. One of them is Godzilla, but the one that we saw first is Cocaine Bear. It's an honorable mention? It's not even on your list. It's on the list if if I were to do a list for a movie that isn't a horror movie. Oh, I think it's the best horror movie. It's only an honorable mention because either I didn't think it fit in the top 20 or I just wasn't as fond of it. You know, everybody has their own opinions. But your opinion is wrong. You're wrong. I right still I gave bat. this movie a 9 out of 10. So I think he can <laughs> suck a dick. And I think I was right. over I was overdoing right, it a bit. Right off the bat. Right off the bat, Alex, it's not looking good. It's not looking good. Anyway, I like Cocaine Bear a lot, a lot more than most people did. And I was very surprised to hear how many boring friends I had out there. (laughs) Just teasing. Uh, Yeah, a lot of people didn't like the humor, and that's fine. I didn't think all of the humor was great or anything, but the moments that were really good, I laughed until I cried sometimes. And then I come talk to my friends and they were like, yeah, that movie was stupid. I was like, wow, I'm a stupid person for laughing at it, I guess. (laughs) 
So were they expecting a documentary or something? Clearly you are the Shakespearean person of all comedies. Well that was my movie of the year. So That I, is Christina. I am done here. Goodbye. Well, you didn't even come up with a list, so you could suck it I there didn't. too. Well, it's That's I another thing I want to mention. Christina didn't come up with a list because I didn't watch everything. A, she didn't get a chance to watch as, nowhere wa- near as much as I did. Oh, she probably no. watched maybe a third of what I watched. Yeah, that's it. Maybe. And I don't like. I don't like. I don't. I. I can't put as much time as you do into like categorizing and you know all that stuff. Anyway, what what else? So is cocaine, on your Mar- and I want to go through these kind of rapid fire. So let's not dally on them. I'm just going to say a quick thing about them. And move on because okay. we got a lot of fucking titles to talk about. Another one that I saw this year was Malum, which is from the director of Last Shift, uh, which I really love. Oh. I love that film for its simplicity. I think the scares in it are a little bit better than this movie. But overall, this movie has kind of a little bit more to it than the other one. Unfortunately, it didn't. I wanted it to be better than it was. I still like it because we don't get to see movies like this very often where hell break open and like, you know, creatures and everything are everywhere. I like stuff like that. And if you like those kind of movies on a budget a little bit with with pretty good direction, mind you, and a little bit of schlockiness in there, not intentional. Um, it is just a little rough around the edges. It's an indie. They're right. trying to do a lot with a little. And I love the director. I just this one just didn't surpass the original for me, even though I do like that it added to the lore of Last Shift. But Malum is available out on Terror Vision, I think, for 4K. I'm trying to get it at some point. It just wasn't at the top of my list for this year. Spoonful of Sugar, another indie about a girl who goes to take care of a family and a kid. And she's sort of a nanny. And she is sort of a psychedelic user and uh they find out some pretty dark secrets about her and the family after a while it's a super indie film i had a really good time talking to the creators of the film all female uh writer director producer super fucking awesome people if you ever get a chance i'll put a link down so you can check out the interview that i had with them and my review uh, I think it's worth a watch, and I think it, it just didn't, it just barely missed it. You know what I mean? Like I said, these aren't in order. Neither are my top 10 to 20. So oh, okay. they're so close, it's just like, you know. Right. Another movie I saw on Netflix was called Re Slash Member, which was kind of this like haunted movie about these kids that like dream of the school or whatever, and they have to like find all these body parts in a, in a, school and if they don't they and they get killed in the dream they die in real life or something like that Hmm. it was really fucking cool very creepy yes there is some cgi in it it was a japanese film that i really liked and it was one of the first uh films i thought hey this has some potential you know Uh it is rough around the edges but i think if you like weird cinema that does weird things with like a school and haunting and a curse and kind of doing something different i think you should check it out Another one that's pretty controversial, and uh, I think a lot of you probably hate or love <laughs> or are confused and bewildered by. And it was one of the two films that came out this year that were, like, very controversial. You know which one I'm talking about, Christina? The Sound of Freedom. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> 
What movie is it? Uh, we had Skinnamarink, and oh. we had this this one, which I'm going to talk about, which was The Outwaters. Oh, okay. They came out. Uh, Skinnamarink uh, hit the illegal download uh, streams for like way early. Somebody got a release. It oh. got leaked out onto the web or something Whoopsie. like that. And so because everybody. Because it's 2005. Yeah, but it's also <laughs> it's also the reason that it got popular. Because it wasn't out, so people were, like, sharing it, and they're like, what is this? Why is there... This is not normal. This seems like a cursed video. And it does. It feels like a cursed video, Mm -hmm. which they're calling lo-fi now. Like, that's a new category of subgenre and horror. Lo-fi horror, which has been around, and they've done it in different ways. A lot, Oftentimes, it's kind of like that movie we saw where the kids dig a hole to hell. Remember that one movie we watched? It was for Halloween one year, and it was just oh, like... Oh, yeah. It was a it didn't have a lot trippy. of talking It was in like it. in the 70s, but not... Right. Yeah. That's kind of considered a lo-fi film. Okay. Uh, but this one, uh, Skinnamarink, I didn't, I didn't personally like as much as everybody else. I see why everybody is into it. They jump scares are dark and creepy, and the, the idea of what's going on, there's a story there. I just... I, I think I gave it like a six. Mm-hmm. You know, for what it was trying to do. And a lot of people are like, I've never seen a worse movie. And they're not wrong. It's not like any other movie that I've ever seen. But Outwaters was another movie that I thought had more of a story and more of a linear sort of thing going for it than what Skinnamarink was doing. And it was far more horrifying, which a lot of people were saying they didn't think I was right about this. But it's about these kids that are shooting a music video out in the middle of the desert. They're camping out and they start doing drugs and something bad starts to happen and some like people start dying. Mm-hmm. But you don't really get to see it because all you're seeing is the guy carrying the camera with a flashlight around and that the light isn't exactly showing everything all the time. Oh. So, you know, it's really annoying for people who are like, what the fuck? Can you just hold the camera straight? <laughs> it's like, well, dude's fucking high in a, as a kite. Mm-hmm. That's how realistic it kind of was for me. It was like what it would be like if I was high on acid. Mm-hmm. And I saw that movie. And so it, it kind of tripped me out. Like, it really freaked me out. Right. It's long. It takes like an hour before you get to any of the good stuff. And I think it's like a almost a two-hour movie. Oh, my God. So, but it's like, it was really haunting to me. The sound of work that they did in it and everything, it starts to build from start to finish. I really liked it. It wasn't, Skinnamarink was just too much all at once. You were in it or not. This one builds mm-hmm. up to it. I liked it a little bit more. Another one that a lot of people love and is probably on their top two list is Godzilla Minus One. It was a great movie. I enjoyed the movie, thought it was fantastic. The drama in it is totally legitimate and, and, and a little overdramatic at times, which is where I kind of faltered a little bit with my interest in it. But I still think it deserved like an eight. Uh-huh. You know, like I still enjoyed it. I'm just a little bit more used to my schlockier Godzilla um, I was mistaken. I never did see Shin Godzilla, which everybody compares this one to because it's the two big ones. Uh-huh. I wish I would have. I thought I saw Shin Godzilla. I watched some other version that was just really terrible. Oh. And so I need to watch Shin Godzilla. But this was a really good one. So if you really like movies about Godzilla with some legitimate stories from Japan that are heartbreaking, I was a little bit in tears at the end of this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did affect me, but I just have a hard time putting it in the horror category mm-hmm. because that makes sense you know same thing with you know action cocaine bear it just it doesn't strike me as a horror movie first it strikes me as like you know 
something else. Right. No, that makes sense. Another one that didn't really hit the highest number, but I still found very good and I think deserves uh, some attention is Onyx the Fortuitous and the Talisman of Souls by Andrew Bowser, who is the guy who, he's the Arby's guy, (laughs) the meme about Arby's. Oh, yeah. That they turned into an entire universe. I thought this movie was like, if I saw this as a kid, Mm -hmm. this would have been one of my favorite movies. Like, it hits that nostalgia button hard. Mm -hmm. There is Garbage Pail Kids. There's puppets. There's just a lot of really great creativity. Some of the jokes aren't the best, but it's one of those movies that, at first, I was, like, very off-put a little bit by it. I was very judgmental of it. But as I went along, I sort of kind of got into it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And it's not that it's there's anything wrong with it. It was just a little... It's just a different world that you really kind of got to get adapted to. Mm-hmm. And either you get it or you don't get it, you know? But it has this sort of um, Jim Henson-style version of, like demonic like shit going on like he's a part of this like group of people who are going to be doing some demonic shit it's got jeffrey combs in it which is his role in it is fantastic it's actually a very competent role that he did and not just some quick you know hey we got jeffrey combs in here let's put him on the title kind of name he literally is a big part of the movie Mm -hmm. and the movie like unfolds in a way that's kind of like um you know, like I always talk about when I say that I Rick and Morty isn't exactly the funniest thing I've ever seen, but for some reason it kind of grabs my fucking attention. Right. And, sucks you and in. I'm curious about where it goes. Right. That's kind of like how this one is. It's not uh, the funniest thing I've ever seen, but there's just so much creativity that lures me in. So if you guys like puppets and like weird, like kind of out of this world, kind of crazy characters that are over the top and somewhat funny, but maybe not for everybody kind of funny, this might be for you. We also got Totally Killer, which was like another one of those time travel movies that was done almost like Blumhouse-y style. I I, I forgot to look and see if it was. I think it is. (laughs) (laughs) But it's in that style of like Happy Death Day where one of the girls goes back in time and there's like a killer after a slasher, so to speak. And they go back to the 80s and she like meets her mom and like they befriend each other and they try to stop the tragedy before it happens. And it's pretty it's pretty funny. I think it's a little bit for a more younger crowd than me. But if you like the Happy Death Day, this might be a good choice for you. It's on Prime Video. Another one that I really wanted to love and uh, unfortunately did not uh, 100% love. And maybe I'll come around to it later on is Infinity Pool. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> that was one we went to see in the theater. Um, there is, you know, very obviously talent in this movie. Oh, yeah. Like there is... It's well shot. It's well, you know, music, score, acted, like everything in this movie is usually firing pretty good. But the story, it was like drag. It kind of lagged and I I really kind of detached a little bit from it a little bit. But there's going to be a lot of people that like it. Maybe it'll be in in time. Hey, that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm hoping, because, you know, I wasn't a really big fan of that other movie that Brandon Cronenberg, uh, David Cronenberg's son did. Oh, yeah. Until we watched it. And then I watched it again. Yeah. And it was really good. And it is really good. Like, I think I like that one better than, than oh, Infinity yeah. Pool. Yeah. But we again, we should we need to watch it again. Yeah. And, and that one missed that that list for that year by just a little bit. Yeah. But everybody else was like the top of their list. Like, there's clearly some good shit here. Right. I'm just not opened up to it yet. But uh, yeah, if I had to pick between Infinity Pool or what was the other one? Possessor. Yeah. Possessor, I like more. I think that's his best film so far. But Infinity Pool was pretty close. 
Mm-hmm. And it is really cool what they do in it. I just, I think some of the characters are a little, uh, I couldn't relate. Yeah. I think that was part of the reason. But the performances were really wild. Right. So if you like that kind of thing, you might like it. All right, guys. So now we're going to get into our top 10 to 20. And now our top 10 to 20. Of course, these are not going to be in any particular order. They're interchangeable, but, you know, some of them are a little bit lower than the others. But I just don't care about putting these ones in order. The top 10 will be for sure. Okay, so don't you worry, little friends. I didn't give up and cheap out too much, okay? <laughs> it's just, you know, when you get down to the end here, it really is tit for tat. It's just and like... And you took a lot of time. To, you took weeks doing this. Oh, I, I was waiting over this every second of the day. Out. Yeah. And that's another thing. I wrote a thing on my personal profile recently. I was like, you know, I really don't like top lists that much and everybody loves them. It seems so definitive. And here you are. Well, it's because (laughs) I'm the type of person that I don't like putting things in concrete. Right. I don't think that everything is set in stone. Exactly. I think things change. And there's going to be some examples in here that changed after I watched them again. You know? So what if I watched it a fifth time and that was the, the ticket and it became my favorite movie? Right. I just wasn't ready as a person or a human being or whatever I'd been through to really grasp onto the concept or want to enjoy it. And then it just did. And then right. there's some movies that moved down my list that I thought were better than they were. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be in some of this too. So first up, we got VHS 85, which came out on October 6th for Shudder. It is one of those movies that I personally really enjoyed. And a lot of these newer VHS movies, the newest trilogy, so to speak, of the 85, 90, whatever, 99 or whatever, 95, mm-hmm. a lot of people have not liked. Right. And I think it's because they don't have as much money as they did for the first two VHS movies, uh-huh. which were extremely bigger budget kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I, I don't mean to use that as an excuse, but. I really like these. I like shorts. I like short ideas. I like splatterpunk novels. I like Mm -hmm. stories that are like really super graphic and fucked up or just little unique stories that make me think long after I watch them. They don't always have to answer everything. It's just, and I think that's become kind of like a very unique thing for some people. Right. Because every time there's an anthology, nobody likes them. Do you know what I mean? Like they're usually too long. Well, it's like, it's like, it's not perfect enough. Oh, yeah. There's always something. And it's like, to me, like, none of these are going to be ever going to be perfect. You know what I mean? Right. So I really liked it. This had probably one of the most unique wraparounds in a, um like, a f- anthology that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really unique how they did it. And I liked it. Um, I didn't love every single short in this movie, but I thought it was a, a fucking noble attempt. And, you know, unfortunately, some people don't. And that's that's okay. But I liked it. Another one that I liked this year that was based off a book, Dark Harvest, which had some shoddy CGI at moments, (laughs) but I thought was a really cool tale about this kid who goes out into the middle of fucking, he like lives in this small country town in like the late fifties or sixties or something like that. And he's like a greaser and his brother like won this championship in the town where they have to fight off Sawtooth Jack. Uh, and basically if they kill him and eat the candy out of his guts, Ew. Yeah, then they become the hero of the town. They get a car, a new house, a $10,000 check. That's and, weird. Yeah. And, uh, then the crops grow for everybody in the town that year. 
Oh, is that how that works? Yeah. So every year the that's kids. That's how crops grow. Yeah, that's how it works. That's <laughs> people don't respect farmers. <laughs> you gotta kill the scarecrow or yeah, whatever. The sawtooth jack. <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, there's all the kids, all the men of the town have to fight this creature at the end of the year. Every year, a lot of people die. It's part of the the whole process of the town. They should fucking move. I know. <laughs> Trust me, people try to in this movie. But it's it's oh. got a pretty interesting uh, story. I didn't read the book, although a lot of people said it was a little disappointing compared to the book, but some still liked it, even though they liked the book more. Oh. But I thought it was unique. It had like a very sort of old style, you know, monster lurking out there kind of feel with a twist. Mm-hmm. Um, check it out. I think you should watch it. Um, another one. That kind of moved down a little bit on my list a little bit, but I still think is a very, one of the more solid films in the franchise. This is going to be heavily debated by a lot of people. One, because I'm not the biggest fan of Scream. <laughs> right. And some people are, and, mm-hmm. and you're either a big fan or you're not. That's, that's what it seems like. I like that franchise. I know. Well, I watched it with you recently, and I got yep. in the spirit, and we watched them all the way up till the release of Scream 6. And what did you think about it? And I really liked it. We had a really good time it with it. It was really good. Yeah. I mean, there is some flaws in it. There is some stupid shit that you could probably cut up and say, hey, look at this flaw. Mm-hmm. I didn't give it a 9 out of 10. I didn't give it a 10 out of 10. I think I gave it an 8. Right. I said it was as good as the first one, but a completely different tone and a completely different feel. And I think it was because it was so desperately different than the first one. I liked it. And uh-huh. I think if they're going to carry on, they need to just do something completely different again. Do a right. stab movie, you know? Yeah, like, that'd be cool. Something. I, I'm not a big fan of it, to be honest. I think Scream should just end where it left off there. Well, it sounds like this is where the end is. Well, so. yeah, now that all the characters are been fired or some shit because right. of all the, this the, dumb The director shit. bounced. Yeah, everything that happened, you know, whether you agree or not, I don't think it should continue on. But I still like this movie. I, I thought it was interesting. This had one of the better opens in the franchise, in the, in the movies. Uh, oh, starts. yeah. Yeah, totally. Loved the fucking intro great. of this movie. So different. A lot of people didn't like the kills in this one. I thought they were good. I don't know why. Someone they weren't was, good enough, Alex. I don't know. Someone was saying they weren't on screen or something. Oh, and maybe. I don't remember. I don't know. I just liked the vibe of this because I felt for the very first time that I was scared of Ghostface. And I've right. never been scared of Ghostface. You didn't face. even know who he was. Like I've never even felt that he belonged in all the fucking the the you know when they do all the posters of like all the slashers. Oh yeah, yeah. Like even it is a little too much for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, but like the main ones, you know, like Freddie, Jason, Michael. Like I feel like those belong. <laughs> but when you put other ones up there like that, I kind of get a little weirded out. But you know. Oh. Uh, another movie that I saw late in the game that I didn't put a review up of is called The Passenger, and it is about a young boy who works at a dead-end job burger shop, and he, one of the guys that he works with is a huge prick. He's a jockey, old-school 80s, hey, what's up, punk, kind of attitude thing, uh-huh. and he starts shit with him at work when he gets, he finds out that he's going to get a promotion, and uh, one of the workers there starts in tragedy in the shop mm-hmm. while he's getting picked on. Oh. And so this guy takes him on a journey to fix him while going around killing people. And so he's this passenger, the passenger for this ride. And it's 
equal parts like fucked up. I thought it was going to go further than it did, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But the acting and the performance in it is great. Okay. Really think you should watch it. I think you will like it. You okay. like Super Dark Times, right? Uh Oh, no, I didn't. Kind of has that vibe to it, like, uh-huh. it, but not really. Okay. <laughs> um, It's different. Like I said, Killer takes a guy on a ride to fix him. Oh, okay. Okay. He sees something in him. All right. And it's pretty wild what happens in the movie and all the stuff that happens and you find out. And it's very uncomfortable, but very well shot, very well acted. Mm-hmm. Good ride movie. Simple. Mm-hmm. Effective. Another movie is Sick, which I was a little late to the game on seeing. I know a lot of people had seen it earlier in the year because I think it released at the very end of last year and I missed it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of I don't think it got the distribution it needed until the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. So I finally saw Sick, and I'm pretty sick with myself that I didn't watch it sooner. It's a slasher film dealing with the big thing we dealt with in 2020. 2020. <laughs> I will just say that. Okay. You guys know what I'm talking about. And it's it's uh, really brutal. The characters are different and unique. They're not like, you know, your typical like scream girls or something like that in the movie. You know, where they're picture perfect, like pretty, you know, they're just like it, real girls. And I really like their touch to the characterization of each of these characters. I loved how brutal it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little hokey as to the reasoning why this whole thing begins, but it is a fun, like, we're talking fight to the death on both sides. Mm-hmm. Aggressive like just barely getting by every fucking second, you know, barely living every second, brutal, brutal shit going on. Like how do we outsmart? Like it was really cool. Like I I really enjoyed the movie quite a bit. It's not deep. You know, this, this year was not a very deep year. Mm -hmm. It's actually one of the least deep years we've had. Right. In a long time, actually. So, uh, which is fine. I like that. Another movie I saw, and I'll try to make this quicker, is Influencer, about a girl who goes on a trip to Thailand by herself. She meets another girl on the way there because some guy's, like, trying to hit on her, and she kind of saves her from it. Mm -hmm. And they become friends, and then some tragedy strikes, and uh, she disappears. And so the boyfriend comes looking for her. Mm -hmm. And there's this, like, really crazy story with the, the, you get to, you get to know things early on. This has a 25-minute intro before the credits roll. I think it was like 20, 25 minutes. Oh, that's weird. I thought it was cool. Uh This really does some different things that I've seen in a horror movie. It it has like a very picture-perfect pretty girl thing going on. Mm -hmm. But the things that they did with it, you know are very unique and the character, the acting was pretty authentic and you, you really hate the characters when you want to want them to die, etc. It's like, it's really kind of an impassioned film. I thought it was very cool, kind of simple, but it worked really well. Mm-hmm. Another one, Wrath of Becky, the sequel to Becky came out where they're fighting some proud boys in America where the first one, she was fighting Nazis And these guys are like an offshoot of those guys. Mm -hmm. And they go to find her where she's staying because she gets uh, fostered again Mm -hmm. because she was really young in the first one. Oh, okay. So she gets fostered again and plays like dumb so that she can be taken care of and kind of hide away. Oh. And her caretaker, something tragic happens to them. And so begins the wrath of Becky. 
Oh, that's right. And holy fuck, while this is a little schlocky and on the lower end of gore, Hindi. I'd say the first movie was a little bit more, a better gore. Mm-hmm. But some of the scenes in this one were extremely graphic and, and really fucked up. Mm-hmm. And she is brutal. And she is a very on the cusp kind of film that is almost not horror. Mm-hmm. But if it wasn't for as graphic as it was, like extremely graphic as this was, mm-hmm. I wouldn't suggest it or put it in my thing. You know, mm-hmm. I think it belongs in there because it's kind of like right. a house, like intruder movie. Mm hmm. Uh, but yeah, if you haven't seen Becky, watch that, then watch this. This is a great sequel. I don't know if it compares to the first one as much, but it's pretty fucking close. And it's got Scott uh, Williams, who's the Stifler guy. Oh, okay. He plays the bad guy in this. Huh. He's the leader of the Proud Boys. They're called something else in it. But oh, that's weird. It's really good, though. Uh-huh. And she gets some really good kills. Uh, if you didn't like her character in the first Becky, she's way cooler in this one. Mm-hmm. way more fucked up too mm-hmm. like she's like waving at people while they're dying she's like bye Jesus. <laughs> it's funny uh another film that's out on shutter that you can check out is lockdown tower now this is probably one of the more dire films of the year oh that one was weird holy shit that was trippy. This one really fucked me up a little bit as far as like watching it. You really have to be kind of, it's not one of those movies that you're going to watch and be like, you know, that was a fun movie, you know? <laughs> not like Cocaine Bear. No, this one will make you go, I never want to go outside again. <laughs> well, uh, or I don't want to ever go into a building again. Right. I don't want to get trapped anywhere. Right. Because yeah. what happens in this movie is it's, it's there's a tower, a basically a rooms, apartments of a large, you know, multi-story layered fucking apartment complexes Mm -hmm. and one morning they wake up and the sun doesn't come out and they realize that there's this blanket of black fog blackness that has enveloped the whole fucking building and is slowly creeping into the building one layer level at a time and the pressure that it puts on like you know if you touch this fog it's it it's bad bad news bears okay i'm Mm -hmm. not gonna say what happens because it's really cool but this is just sort of the uh, the thin painting of the film. It's the sort of right. It's the it's the thing that keeps them going crazy and making them go mad towards each other. Mm-hmm. But it's not really the the showpiece of the movie. You know, it's not right. like the main character. It is. It's the constant fear of other people. But the fear really is down to the people and what they do. There is some animal There's trigger warning shit, shit in there. Did you watch it? Yeah, I watched it with you. Remember? Oh, okay. What did you think of it? It was freaky. You were you were kind of done with it after I mean, a while. It, was, it did get, they kind of like dragged it out, but I understand why. I liked it. I thought it was really dire. And in like the most like, if you hate humanity, this movie will prove you right. Right. Because people <laughs> are mean. It, it is not a happy ending. No. Like everybody in this fucking situation, it is terrible. It's harrowing. It's disgusting. It's dark. It's true. It's real and it, and it just it's it's really well acted, I thought. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a very cool little, uh, what do you call it? Uh, pivotal moment or pivotal story thing element. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the whole thing around the building. What does it take to make humans break down? Right. Anyway, last but not least of our top 10 to 20 is Renfield. Now, this is a movie that I was not too blown away by. We went and saw this in the theater. Very disappointing to me. She was very disappointed. I watched it a second time mm-hmm. because 
I got a copy from Resolution got us a 4K copy from Belgium mm-hmm. or German or something like that. And it looked beautiful. And I was like, I got to watch this because mm-hmm. the colors in this movie are amazing. Nicholas, it was filmed. Yeah. yeah. Was, Nicholas Cage. So the whole movie looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Nicholas Cage is a vampire. He's Dracula in this movie. So, you know, obviously some people are going to like this movie just based on him alone. But he's not the only thing that's good in this movie. Nicholas Holt or something. I can't think of the main guy who plays Renfield. Mm-hmm. He was very, uh, very good in this film. Um, yeah, Nicholas Holt. Uh, he was really great in this movie. Aquafina's in this movie. She's a funny rising up uh, actress, comedic actress. Oh, yeah. She was in that Asian movie where they pretend to be like J-pop stars or, or no, K-pop stars. Remember? Right. Yeah. I think they go to like. There's two sisters, and they one yeah. of them, yeah, like the one of their family dies, right? And they go to the China, go to China. She's been in a bunch of other things too, though. Yeah, she's pretty good in this movie. She's I, funny. I thought it was weird at first they with her funny. and Nicholas Holt, but you get to kind of like sink into them a little bit. And Nicholas Cage is really good in this movie, but Nicholas Holt does a really good job of bouncing off of them. Like I thought this was actually much better the second time I watched it. Yeah, and I think it'll be one of those movies. That mm-hmm. grows on people as it goes. Oh, okay. Yeah, because we went and saw it in the theater when it first n- came out. Yeah. And yeah, I was like... Mm. I wasn't getting the humor. Uh, I was hoping for it, it to be... Dry. A, I think I had too high expectations. Yeah, I think I think so. And yeah. I was a little too harsh on it when I did my review. Mm-hmm. But I, I really came around. It bumped up pretty quick by, a, by half a point. So, yeah, Renfield was great. Definitely enjoyed it. It almost hit my top 10. All right, guys, so now we're down to the last fucking 10 movies. These are the top creme de la creme. They are in order. I did my best that I could to pick the ones that I felt were my particular taste. When you get down to this layer, it's all particular taste. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. Nobody's going to have the same one. I don't care who you are. If you have the same one, and then I'll send you out a free movie, okay? And you got to prove that you had it out before I even said anything, okay? (laughs) But, uh, yeah, let's kick it off with the top 10 of 2023. And now the moment you have all been waiting for. The top 10 horror movies of 2023. First up, we got Suitable Flesh, which is a Joe Lynch film who did Wrong Turn 2, Mayhem, Knights of Badassdom. It is kind of a nod towards an H.P. Lovecraft story called The Thing at the Doorstep with Heather Graham, Barbara Crampton, and quite a few other actors in the role. Mm-hmm. Fan-fucking-tastic film for an independent film. It. I am not, you know how I am, Christina. Like, mm-hmm. when I was younger, I got into the sex stuff. Uh, You know, I was young. Now that I've grown up and I've been into some parties that are wilder than you could ever see on TV <laughs> or in a movie, and nothing is shocking to me anymore, the stuff doesn't really, it kind of, like, annoys me a little bit sometimes mm-hmm. because it feels like, like it takes people too much to get or too little mm-hmm. to get worked up, I guess. But no kink shame. but this movie has sex in it with heather graham and barbara crampton and it's like very like the the sex scenes actually matter they're not just some you know cheap like hey we put this in here because you know slashers or something you know or right it's supposed to be you know that's how we did it we're from the 70s so you know (laughs) it's one of it actually is part of the story 
Oh. It is essentially about a psychiatrist who becomes obsessed with one of her young patients, patients when she later discovers that it's linked to an ancient curse that is H.P. Lovecraft-filled oh. and body swapping. Weird. And so they experience things as another person multiple different oh. times. But the way they did this... Now, I say Lovecraft, you guys are going to go, oh, my God, let's tentacles galore, baby. Let's get me all fucking like Japanese anime fucking like <laughs> tentacled up. <laughs> <laughs> Yorutsuka Doji style. No, it's nothing like that. It's uh, it's a little bit different. Um, This one, I think, was a really it's a very indie film. But Barbara Crampton was really into getting this done because, you know, we had a lot of good people in it. Joe Lynch directed it, and it was also written by Ten Dennis Paoli, who is obviously no stranger to H.P. Lovecraft, as he's made and written some of the best. Ghoulies 2 he did, he did Pit in the Pendulum, he did Body Snatchers, Castle Freak, Dennis 2, he did uh, some of the best ones, Reanimator, From Beyond, those are the big H.P. Lovecraft. But he's done a lot. And so this is one of his old scripts that they turned into a little bit more of a modern tale using the H.P. Lovecraft story. And man, let me tell you, I really enjoyed it. I can understand that just from telling you from some of my friends who saw it that just couldn't get into it. I don't know. It's not the H.P. Lovecraft film that you might want, but I think it's a good one. It's a really good representation. And it's a Stuart Gordon film, basically, that Joe Lynch tries to do. He tries to mimic Stuart Gordon's style. Mm -hmm. and it's But it has this a modern take to it, too. So he kind of like somehow marries the two really well. And I really liked it. It kind of reminded me of the old days of like those old films like Reanimator and, you know, stuff like that. So very good film, in my opinion. Kudos to Joe Lynch and everybody on the film. Loved it. Barbara Crampton's so fucking cool, too. Mm -hmm. I love her. Right. She is she is a real fan. Like, mm -hmm. she loves movies. And whether you like her and all of the movies she's done or not, she's been producing some bangers, guys, behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And I think this is actually pretty much one of them. But, you know, I know it's on VOD right now. It may come to Shutter, I think, but I couldn't figure it out. Number nine. Megalomaniac. Now, this is one not a lot of people are going to know. <laughs> I think I told you about it. I think you did. This one is by Kareem Alhaj, who is a Belgian filmmaker, and it is spoken in French. Uh, it is a movie about a serial killer who existed out in Belgium many years ago who was cutting up women and throwing them in trash bags. And he disappeared one time, and somebody said, hey, what if that guy had kids? What would his kids be like? <laughs> so they wrote this really fucked up, extremely dark, extremely gothic as fuck, like Belgian megalomaniac horror film that was like, you feel all kinds of way towards the characters in the movie because they are doing some of the most depraved sexual shit towards each other. We're talking like, I can't say it without ruining the movie. Oh, but it is uncomfortable. It has some pretty strong suggestive sexual situations in it. Mm -hmm. But I think the overall tone and the vibe of the film is what is just so haunting in this film. Mm -hmm. I couldn't forget it. Oh. And man, is it, it was still good a second time watch too. Like I really enjoyed it. 
Now, some people are going to kind of like not like it because it doesn't tell a lot of story. It's more of a kind of peeking over the shoulder of a serial killer kind of thing, which may or may not please some people. Mm-hmm. Two serial killers, practically. So, anyway, I really enjoyed it. I think it deserves more eyes on it. Highly recommend checking it out if you don't mind kind of artsy, gothic as fuck dark films that are dire mm-hmm. and have sexual situations like heavy. Trigger warning. Next up, one that I heard almost nobody talking about except for one person, and that was Kruger from Flesh Wound Features. And And this this was was number number nine. This is a movie by the director of Record, one of the two. Oh. There's Paco Plaza and Wame Balaguero. Mm -hmm. Balaguero is the one that did this movie. Surprisingly, his director buddy, Paco, he did another movie this year called Sister Death, which was a sequel to Veronica, the Netflix, like, uh, supernatural film, you remember? About uh, the little girl in the basement, and they were doing some, like, nooka nooka with a uh, fucking, not sex, I mean, uh, nooka nooka, like, Jesus. magic, you know? Uh, Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Okay, well, anyway, it's the sequel to that. Not as good as this one, but this one is Venus. Venus is about a girl who is basically a dancer at a club. She robs them blind one night and uh, gets wounded. Mm -hmm. She heads to her sister's house, who lives in a dilapidated old, like, ghetto-ass fucking building, who has a daughter. Her sister disappears the night, the morning that she gets there, Mm -hmm. and she has to kind of, like, take care of the child as she's uncovering where her sister is. And these guys are looking for her by all means necessary, including supernatural ways, like using a like a psychic or a medium. And there's some pretty witchy shit going on in this building. Mm-hmm. It is kind of like part the beginning of Titan or Titan mm-hmm. and Suspiria. There is some extremely awesome practical effects in this movie. It is very different and unique. I like the sort of crime thriller mixed with supernatural thing going on in this movie. Mm -hmm. Very unique characters and witches and stuff in this movie. Really dug it. Mm -hmm. Highly recommend checking it out. If it's not an eight, it'll at least be a seven. It may not end the perfect way that you like, but I really liked it. Second time I watched it, I was like, okay, I I mean, I get why they ended it this way. It, It does take a while to get to the goods, but there is a lot of really cool stuff going on in this relationship with the daughter of her sister, oh, okay. her niece. Mm-hmm. Really good kid actor. Mm-hmm. Very good movie. And that is on VOD if you want to check it out too, as well as Megalomaniac. Number seven. Do not disturb. Now, this is technically a 2022 film, but it didn't get distribution to this year. There's also a Do Not Disturb Netflix movie that came out in 2023, so don't get confused between that, which I had the honor of sitting down with the director. That's right. Because I wrote him. I said, congratulations on your film. It was uh, fantastic. Mm -hmm. Excellent indie film. Excellent interview. That kind of made me not want to go to sleep that night because I was haunted by it because it's a relationship horror movie Mm -hmm. that has psychedelics and cannibalism. Oh, that's right. And honestly, guys, that's not destroying anything because the journey in this movie is everything that's great. If you saw the interview, I would watch that after you see this movie. 
I wish this had more of a reach just like Venus because I didn't hear anybody talking about the last three movies at all this year. Mm -hmm. And I thought they were fantastic. Do Not Disturb really surprised me. It's a great outcome for a very small indie budget level film. And this is proof that you can actually make a really decent film when you got a really good idea and a really good script. And the cast is just firing on all cylinders. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't always work that way. You try your best. You try to get magic to happen, but sometimes it's just not there. Mm -hmm. This is a good example. I think it should be commended. You can only pick it up on DVD, on DVD Shark, or rent it on VOD. So, Mm -hmm. very cool film. Very surprising. It's like the characters in it are like, it's like a comedy at first. Like an irreverent, funny, like relationship falling apart comedy Mm -hmm. at a vacation home. And then it turns really dire very quickly. Oh, I see. But it still kind of maintains like an element of comedy throughout the whole thing. Weird. Number six. No one will save you on Hulu, by the way. It uh, is a movie that is a home invasion movie for like the first 40 minutes or so. I don't know. Like 20 yeah, it's really weird. It's like a home invasion movie with aliens. And that's all you really need to know about it. It's It does the home invasion thing tenfold, I think. It has some really amazing tense moments with this girl who's kind of outwitting the, the, the aliens and stuff and just by the skin of her teeth mm-hmm. while this town's kind of getting taken over. And it gets a lot bigger than you expect, but also a lot weirder by the end. A lot of people didn't like the end of this movie, and I understand. It is a little weird. Mm-hmm. But Brian Duffield did it, and he was the director of Spontaneous, and he also did The Babysitter. So if you liked both of those films, you might want to check this one out. It was different. I think so. That's mm-hmm. why I picked it for my list. Mm-hmm. Surprised me. It felt like a big-budget Hollywood film, but it was thrown on Hulu like some garbage. <laughs> you know, like some trash. Probably because it was boring. You thought so. Yeah. I don't know why, but that's one of the things they did in the movie is they did not talk. And so that's probably why different. Christina. It was different. I thought it was great because it's a lot harder to act without talking. Oh, yeah. The acting was great. She was fantastic. That girl is amazing. Yeah. What amazing lead. But speaking of amazing leads, we have number five. Talk to me, which is one of the first movies that we saw in the theater that we were really like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, it was good. This is a big one. This is by directors Danny and Michael Filippo, who are the Rocka Rocka team that do the whole fucking <laughs> fake uh, Ronald McDonald fucking videos on YouTube. They've been around for like over a decade. Oh, We've literally okay. grown up watching them. You know, a lot of people have. Right. And they came out with this le- legitimate, very competent fucking kind of artsy, kind of like uh, modern and a new take on the supernatural fucking Ouija board. Mm-hmm. And they do it in a different way that I really like that has its own sort of rule set. It's brutal. The main lead in this movie, she's this was like her first film. Mm-hmm. And she's amazing at she's it. She's great. She's gone on. She's now she's done stuff with Disney and she's her career has like taken off because of this movie. She she's like blown up. And I think she's going to be in the sequel, too, because they're talking about that a story about. A very troubled young girl who lost her mom. She's very close with this family who have a brother and she's best friends with the sister. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and the mom is kind of like her mom, and they they're very close. It takes place in Australia, mm-hmm. and they uh, they one of the kids gets a hold of a hand, a mummified hand that they grab and say, "Talk to me," and ghosts appear, and they can even have them go inside of their body. And things, of course, get really fucked up after they start treating it like it's a fucking joke. Mm-hmm. Got some really amazing scenes. Some of the better ghost effects on a creature that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Very fucking haunting type shit. And I like the lore. And the characters are really good, like believable to me. Mm-hmm. I know this wasn't some people's favorite movies for the year, but I really liked it. It just wasn't the best, you know, right. film of the year. But it is, you know, top five. So for me. Now, there is another movie that kind of outdid it, but it's very close, guys. Like I said, these are like, we're really fine cutting it now, you know. Mm-hmm. What did you think of Talk to Me, Christina? What did you not oh, like about it? God, I can't remember. There was something about it I remember I, I didn't like. You thought like. it was too was artsy or too slow or I think something? Th- and I didn't like the ending. It was like a modern horror movie, and I, I don't know. I just didn't like it. It seemed predictable to you or yeah, something? Yeah, a little bit. I know I can't. Rem- I can't remember. It felt really different to me. Mm-hmm. But I understand, you know, a lot of people were, you know, it's just not for them. Right. But I don't think it's a typical A24 film. So for those of you guys that are like, I hate A24. Oh, yeah, it's not. I I thought this was like a step outside of their boundaries on that. Yeah. And they stepped into Blumhouse. That's what I think. Right. It was more of an in-between step because it has like the modern kind of new feel to it with the youth and the crowd, you know, because the Blumhouse does tap into the younger crowd a little bit more. Oh, yeah, it does. They do, too, and Rocket Rocket do a really good job of making it entertaining and uh, also scary. Number four. Cobweb, which was by Samuel Bowden, who is the director of, like, the Gojira band video and uh, Marion TV series. Not much. He just kind of came out of nowhere. This movie just kind of slipped up. It was in the theaters for a little while. Nobody was talking about it. And then it came out on VOD. And like, I heard a couple people saying that it was pretty good. And and then, so there was rumblings about it. And a lot of people started watching it. And they were like, hey, this is actually pretty good. And it was for me. Uh, a lot of people didn't like it. I think they, they are. It's a story. It's a story. It's a fable. Yeah. It And it, it, it's predictable. There I was, mean, there was nothing to me. There was like nothing. So you to knew it. that that was going to happen. The, the I did. The I did. That's why I asked you. That's why I asked you. I was like, "Is there a twist?" Because I thought they were going to like. So you didn't like the twist. What was the twist? I, we can't talk about oh. it. <laughs> no, I I I didn't like the story. I thought mm-hmm. it was filmed really well. I love that house. I love that house. Yeah. That it was filmed. In. The acting was all great because you know we all knew who the actors were. Sure, they were all recognizable. Ho- but Homelander was yeah, in there. Yeah, Homelander and. Uh, Cloverfield lady <laughs> yeah, yeah. there. Exploding Cloverfield lady. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean. The kid you know. wasn't bad. I oh, no, the, the kid was a great actor. I thought the kid was a really good actor. He's exactly what they needed for this film. I it liked, was just the story. I like that, that you didn't know who to trust in the film. I thought they did a really good job of, you know, are the parents fucked up? Is there something going on? Why? What is the supernatural element? I don't really know what it is. They do some kills in this movie that were uh you know, big no-nos in Hollywood, which I thought was kind of bold choice, Cotton. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I really, I thought it was a, you know, it's a fable movie, so it's going to be simple. It's not going to make a lot of sense logistically. 
If you're looking for a film that is based solely in reality and all the physics and everything like that, this is not going to be that movie. This is a supernatural movie, too. Right. It's supposed to be a fable-esque supernatural film. And you're supposed to figure out what it is. You know, uh, the director of it was Chris Thompson Devlin. He did, or the writer of this was actually by the Texas Chainsaw Massacre guy who did the Netflix movie. Oh. That a lot of people didn't like. Right. Because it was too woke. Right. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of people didn't like it because it was too woke, you know? But um, I don't know. I thought it was, uh, this one is, is much different than that movie. And I think Cobweb is a much more fable-esque, weird, like, things lurking in the house. Like, are my parents murderers slash fable-esque sort of weird tale that kind of, like, lives in this alternate reality and, you know, it's it's a little slow, but I don't think it's that slow. I think it's an interesting story. A lot of people compared it to Antlers. Mm-hmm. I get that. I think it's just similar. Uh, that, it does have a trope in the film where the kid is acting weird at school. So what is the problem at home kind of thing? Uh, see, yeah, see, yeah. Yeah, so it's it, that's been done before, you know, and okay, Antlers did it big time. Times. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say it's as good as Antlers. I like the Antlers a little bit more, but Cobweb is a very competent film that I thought was a big surprise this year. You can check it out on Hulu. Number three. Evil Dead Rise. Which, boy, oh boy, you either love or hate this one. <laughs> I have, This is one of the first films I was excited to see this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't expecting Cocaine Bear, but I had a great experience there. Evil Dead Rise, I was super happy, excited to go see this in the theater. Mm-hmm. And it made me smile. Just the intro in the movie is just smile worthy. Right. I love the intro of this movie. I thought it was fantastic. I like Dramatic. Yeah, I like, I like a lot of the new additions. It's directed by Lee Cronin, who did The Hole in the Ground, which is about that boy who finds a hole in the ground and becomes like evil. Mm-hmm. And it's really wild. Sam Raimi was like, dude, you want to do a fucking uh, horror movie? Dead movie? He's like, yeah, but I only want to do it where it's not at the cabin. He's like, all right, let's figure it out. <laughs> so they wrote up a story for it, and he did not want it to be in the cabin. He's like, it's not that I don't love the cabin. I just wanted it to be outside of it for a change and still kind of, um, you know, throw little nods to some of the stuff that you've seen in the franchise from the cabin, but to kind of do something different with it. Now, mm-hmm. I will admit... While this movie could have been a lot better than it was, it was still very solid. And you do not get to see these kind of gore-filled films very often. Right. Not this kind of level, you know? You'll just see a few, and they're usually like kind of like, you just kind of laugh along with it. Mm-hmm. But some of these were actually some really seriously good moments in the film, and I really liked the performances of the Deadites in here. Did you like the Deadites? Yeah, I did. Did you like this movie? I like this movie. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't give it, I think you gave it like a seven, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, it, was, it was good. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it in the theater. I think it belongs in the franchise. And I really personally, ever since I was against the TV show and then came back around when we came back, you know, watching the show, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, they can go anywhere with Evil Dead now. I get uh, it. Oh, right. I was right. like, I get it. Right. So when they said that they were going to be doing something completely different and that they might be doing a new movie every year, mm-hmm. that they... This is what I think. They can just go into any metaverse. Right. And make any kind of version of Evil Dead that they want. Right. And make them all connected. Yeah, exactly. Which I think is fantastic. And 
would be really cool if you start to like some of the characters to see them for a later event where they all kind of tie together, maybe. They reappear. Right. To me, it's about the Deadites. Yeah, I love the cabin. Don't get me wrong. But there's a lot of people don't live near cabins, and that doesn't make a lot of sense to them. Right, it doesn't. And I'm sure Lee Cronin is one of those people. You know, like, and that's why I put it in a skyscraper. He wanted to make some isolation in the middle of a place that's not very isolated, like Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I thought the gore in this was really great. The end of the movie had some shaky, sort of uh, practical effects a little bit that was mm-hmm. a little slow and odd. But after rewatching it again, the third or is it the fourth time now? Mm-hmm. I actually really was like very, very happy about it this time. Mm-hmm. And it moved up my list quite a bit. So I I think this is one of the top three films of the year. And, you know, that may not be for you, but I enjoyed it. I understand this isn't a movie for everybody. They wanted they wanted Bruce Campbell. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with not having Bruce because I, I like the spirit of the films. Exactly. I like demons. I like deadites. I like... The story isn't about Bruce Campbell. Yeah, I like seeing people turn from good to evil. And I think it's fun that way. I think that's what I love about it. And it's also gory and fun. Mm-hmm. You know, like it can be serious. These kids, they were new. That was a different thing than you really got to see in, in Evil mm-hmm. Dead. Other than the TV show, this is the only movie that ever actually dealt with kids. Right. And the kids in the movie did a really good job of being deadites. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's just my opinion on this one. We do have two more left. Number two. thanksgiving oh i didn't get to see that and i'll tell you what for a fucking movie that's a fucking holiday themed uh horror movie this was a kick-ass film for me mm-hmm. and it does borrow a little bit of the modern sort of screamy kind of feel with it with some of its cast and how they tell the dialogue and how the kids are kind of sleuthing around to figure it out uh-huh but i thought it was way better than scream this year weird did you i didn't see it oh that's right <laughs> you went saw it without me <laughs> i went by myself yeah you did i had a great time watching this movie and you haven't seen it yet i haven't seen it we yet. we got the blu-ray coming in a couple of weeks like a week well, or two then i'm gonna watch it yeah we'll watch it together but man i don't even like eli roth <laughs> and i love him yeah it's weird like i i don't hate him don't get me wrong i really just kind of like i the green inferno movie really lost me mm-hmm. like i love the gore in it of course who doesn't but i just wasn't getting the camp level that he was having in that movie it was because it, it was like this weird uh, so bad it's good thing going on with it mm-hmm. where the cannibals got munchies you know like i was like okay come on people are getting speared in the head and shit and so i think over the time since i watched that movie and i've been watching so bad it's good films I've learned to ease up on my fucking particularness a little bit too much. For me, the downfall of this movie was kind of the screamy feel to it. Okay. But I know why he did that. A lot of people are upset because this film didn't look like the trailer from the right. original. Right, from Grindhouse. And, and they wanted to see a more grittier, more grindhouse feature that was more of an homage mm-hmm. than it was to Scream. You right. know, because there are homages to 80s and 70s in there because, first first of all, it's Thanksgiving, guys. It's a holiday slasher. So, of course, they're going to be fucking, you know, old school fucking slasher in there. But he decided to do it kind of along the lines of the Scream thing with a bunch of kids 
who were solving the crime and unexpectedly getting killed for a tragedy that occurs at a fucking, uh, what is it called? A right mart? Oh. But yeah, there's a tragedy with a fucking Black Friday deal thing gone wrong. Oh. And it's one of the better ones, man. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was laughing my ass off in the theater. Like, I couldn't help it, dude. Oh, no, I went to see this with Patrick, didn't I? Or no, did... you didn't. You went by yourself. Oh, okay. I was laughing really loud. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't laugh by myself that easily. <laughs> so I love the kills. I thought it was funny. It had the vibe of Scream, but so much better in my opinion. It is an homage to other films, but not directly. It, it kind of steals the vibe of Scream somehow by making it better. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and then like kind of like being silly and schlocky uh, to kind of be like homage to the 80s and 70s a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. Gore was fantastic. A little weird. I don't really understand the the logistics of it, but fun nonetheless. And I really enjoyed the gore in it a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, it was fun. And that's kind of what I like in a movie. Gory, fun. Right. Big. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think this is a movie for those who are people, big fans like um, the new clown one, Terrified Guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because he's like the fully realized version of like Freddy. Right. You know? Right. But Terrifier is like, that's what it's about. It's like, oh, he's not really saying much, but you get to know him like instantly. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, he's kind of in the background and it's a regular, you know, not a supernatural film. It's not like, oh, I see. You know, it's like a regular slasher. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I'm a little bit more particular on those, but because mm-hmm. I like my supernatural. But this right. one really surprised me. Mm-hmm. So I think you're going to really like it. And I really hope you get to see it soon. Cause... Me too. <laughs> but yeah second watch i still loved it i had a blast watching it it was my favorite one of my my second favorite film of the year i love gore you're gonna win me on gore and a lot of these have a lot of gore (laughs) Uh, not all of them but um, most of them do but we do have one final movie the final one the final movie of the year and you probably already guessed it if you've been watching me or know me as well I've always constantly talked about a few movies in my catalog that I love and that's been on Shudder. And... Get ready to get your fucking bodies thrown through the wall, up into the sky, and hit by an airplane. Because it's time for the number one movie of 2023. When Evil Lurks. Yes. By Demian Rugna, as he wanted me to say it properly when we interviewed Roll him. Roll that fucking R. <laughs> he did the movie Terrified, which was one of my favorite movies that year. It was 2018 or 19, I think it was. 18. Man, first of all, When Evil Lurks is a movie about a plague of evil that is coming into the lands of this place in Argentina. It shows up in the middle of the outskirts of nowhere in Argentina, like basically the hills. You know, Mm -hmm. like an old farm, like in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. There's an exorcist going out to like handle a business on this problem that's happening. They can't find him and things seem to get worse. It's like this brand new lore of like supernatural demonic entities that are possessing people and like physically turning them into some of the worst disgusting breed. Like I could taste the what funky look like? cheese. Uh, yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it was so gross. There were some fucked up scenes in this movie. Yeah, there really was. This has the king of the kill this year for me. Totally. In it, um, it has some of the more shocking 
imagery in uh, a movie this year that I've seen. It's, you know, it's not fucking August Underground style, but it's pretty fucking shocking, guys. Mm -hmm. Like, that seems more realistic because it's done in, like, a found footage way. This is done in a movie movie way, but it's like a really different possession movie than I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And it is a little splotchy for people, so I can understand them not liking it. Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't flow like a regular movie it's yeah because to me i don't think it was as good as terrified because it was a little slower and some of the scenes were a little bit more dragged out so it's kind of hard to be like this movie feels like it, it has four acts yeah and it slows down around the third act and that can be a movie killer for a lot of people it was a movie killer for you mm-hmm. that's when you tapped out you're like yeah eh. yeah but just the two parts i'm good yeah but the kills in the beginning of the movie are fucking yeah, is, there's a few kills in this movie. This movie does that have some pretty nice fucking kills in this movie, and it's really graphic. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know how they treat everything and sort of the underlying message, because we got to speak to Demi and Rugna. Uh, Jason Smith from Sinister Cinema Reviews invited me on. Uh, if you haven't seen that, you should check it out. Amazing interview. I am a huge fan of Terrified, and I got to say, when compared to this, these are completely different flavors. So it's like... I like strawberry and I like vanilla for my ice cream. Mm-hmm. And these are both really good. Do you know what I mean? Like right. one's just a different. It's If you're expecting terrified in a supernatural way like that, that was their version of like poltergeist or something like that. But mm-hmm. like on a darker level. Right. This is more of a like exorcist movie. And what would happen if they didn't fix the problem? Right. And I. You know, it is splotchy. There is some deeper meaning to it with the uh, with Demi and Rugna, who told us all about that. I was pretty close to it. I was pretty fucking close to it, right? Right, you were really close. Um, but anyway, Christina didn't really like it. You thought it was a little too slow or what? Yeah, it was too slow. What else? What? Yeah, the two scenes, which I can't talk about. Oh, okay. You really you know, they, Which I really liked. And I know the ending was... I, I like the ending, but I know a lot of people did not like the ending and did not like the characters. Because it wasn't your hero type of movie. You know? Right. Well, and, you know, I remember in the theater, we stood up a couple times. Right. I grabbed your arm. I was like, oh, my God, they're not going to do that. <laughs> Dude. He's not going to do that. She oh, shit. She looked me dead ass in the did, eye. And she was like, did it. they did not. <laughs> She's like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I was just clapping. I was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, that was like, it's very well acted, but the stuff that happens in his movies, he's, he does have dialogue. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say he doesn't. And this is a little bit more heavier dialogue than the terrified movie. I would say it is. Uh, so it is more of like the metaphorical stuff that's going on in it, but some of the fucking imagery, oh my God, some of the shots in this film, the one with the goat that they did. Oh yeah. Oh my God, dude. That is an amazing shot. Mm-hmm. And it just worked out and he kind of went with it and it and I loved it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I hope we see a lot more from Demian in the future. He also did a short in Satanic Hispanics, uh, which was actually one of my favorite ones in there, too. So if you haven't seen that and you want more uh, Demian Rugna and his craft, uh, I think he's one of the new masters of horror, in my opinion. Uh, he's got two or three that I'm batting pretty high here. You know what I mean? Two of his movies already were number one on my list for the year. That's saying something. Right. Um, 
you know, maybe it might not be for you. This might be a little too slow. I understand. But, you know, give it a chance and maybe it'll be for you. I guarantee you at least some of the scenes you'll be unforgettable. And to me, that is a bigger part of a film is having scenes that matter. It may not make the whole film, but if you have some scenes that are unforgettable, your movie's not that bad, you know, like not necessarily. It doesn't have to be shocking. I just mean unforgettable. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah. Did you expect that from me this year? Yes. After we saw that movie? <laughs> yep, I expected it. Because I wouldn't stop talking well, about I it. I knew it was going to either be Evil Dead or it was going to be this movie. So Really? That's yeah. what you suspected? That's what I suspected. But I didn't see Thanksgiving. Maybe if I saw it, I would. Yeah. I think you might like that one. I hope you do. I better like it because I love Grindhouse. You know, Planet Terror is like my favorite movie Yeah, but ever. that's not him. Yeah, I know, but he did the he did one of the you know the I like Eli one. Roth. I like Eli Roth's movies. Okay, yeah, one of your guys from Hostels in it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, oh god, I don't like that. I don't like his Hostel movie though. <laughs> I don't like that first one. I like the second one. Yeah, I do. I'm sorry that you didn't get to watch all these, but I'm going to make you force you watch them while you're. I tried to get her to watch some of these guys, but we. I watched been... Cobweb. What's yeah, up? Yeah. Which we forgot to mention, Jake Busey's son's the bully in that movie. Yeah, you could totally tell he's in that family. Yeah, they're all bullies, man. They've only been bullies <laughs> in movies or something. They have that look. That's why. They have that face. Talk about the sausage. Let's... That's horrible. <laughs> Talk about what, the sausage. Was that Tom Jones? What was that? <laughs> but yeah, congratulations, Demian. You did an amazing job. I'm really looking forward to seeing more of your work. Also, I really hope that I helped you find a few movies this year, guys. This is uh, this is kind of why I do it. It's kind of why I like doing it, at least. It's back to work for Papa, because I got like seven movies I got to fucking review on the YouTube. But yeah, 2023, nah, I'd give it about a B. Pray for 2024. Yeah, maybe I'd say a B, maybe a B minus. But uh, I think, you know, if there's, we did have a couple of films on there. That were pretty unique and fun. We're going through a change here, it feels like, for horror films. Like, we're not doing the super in-depth films all the time now. I think that's starting to wear out a little bit. And we're starting to see some newer, deeper ways to do things. Kind of like Dream Scenario and things like that that we got to see. And mm -hmm. A24 is changing. Blumhouse is changing. And I wonder what it's going to be like next year. Do you think? What do you think is going to be the like big thing? Jason was saying, Jason Smith of Sinister Cinema was saying that it was a lot of pregnant movies this year, like a lot of motherly, family, familia oh. sort of movies these I think year. we're going to have a lot of Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse. Oh, and there's yeah. another Winnie the Pooh. Another Winnie the Pooh. Uh, <laughs> let's hope they're better than they seem. They won't be. We. It's like, you know, you always see these fucking... You go, oh, that might be cool. You know, like it's supposed to lure you in because you're like, what if... There was a messed up Mickey Mouse going around killing people. And we got, what, two two movies? Yep. Probably more. I'm surprised Winnie the Pooh director didn't jump on that. <laughs> Have no, a I mashup did. with Winnie the Pooh versus Mickey Mouse. That's a good idea. <laughs> part, part three. Uh, yeah, Willie. Uh, Willie. What is it, the old Steamboat Willie? Oh, my God. Steamboat Pooh. <laughs> Pooh 2. <laughs> What was that? Yeah. The first one was like blood and honey. Blood, milk, and honey. Blood, yeah, and, blood honey. and honey. Blood yeah. and honey. I don't know what the next one is, but anyway. So, yeah, guys, thank you so much for coming by. Thank you for this year. Thank you guys for helping out and donating and giving to the podcast and supporting us. Please share this episode with someone that you know. 
it really, really goes a long way. And if you're even just that much cooler, give us a review on like iTunes or Apple. I Apple is it now Apple or whatever. Or if you're on Audible, know. if you like Audible and you listen, our podcast is on there or on Spotify or whatever. Share it with somebody that you know. Review it. Rate it. It really does help us push up bigger views and listens. So it does mean a lot. Be on the lookout for new videos, by the way. We got uh, quite a few videos that are going to be popping up on YouTube. I am going to do my top 10 on there. I got some top listy style things I'm going to be doing on the video channel uh, for YouTube. So. So be on the lookout for that. And then uh, also next week for the podcast, which we're back in the saddle. No rest for you, Alex, is the Lovecrackian. We're going to be smoking a lot of Lovecrack. I mean, Lovecraft. Oh sorry. <laughs> it's horrible. Well, I mean, Lovecraft stuff is kind of cracky. It's addictive. You know, you want to get into it more and more and is more. It? For okay. me, it is. But we're going to watch two movies that are based on Lovecraft, which is The Resurrected from 1991. Got that from Resolution 67. And we also got Necronomicon from 1993. So both of those movies, I think um, I think both of them are up on YouTube, but I could be wrong. Well, they're both on Apple if you want. Oh, it is on Apple? Yeah, it's on Apple. So if you want to watch them there, you can check them out there for rent. Um, but yeah, that's next week. Later this week, we're going to be doing um, do a guest appearance over on the Bloody Good Film Podcast. So be on the lookout there. We got a kung fu movie that we're going to do with them uh, that I wanted to kind of try to do something different. So <laughs> it's a Jet Li movie called... Oh, I can't say yet. <laughs> I'll just say it's a Jet Li movie. There you go. But yeah, Christina, thanks, thanks for coming here. I know you didn't have a lot to be able to really... Sorry, I tried. It's okay. I'm just glad you took your shot. I'm I proud hate of that shot. And I'm tired. <laughs> anyway guys thanks for coming by and as always long live the voice